You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hi, thanks for tuning in to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. My name is Bethany Moore, and I'm the communications manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, my guest on the show is Dr. Mo Athena. He is the COO of Biotrack THC. He has 15 years of experience as a trained pharmacist and an executive. I welcome you to the show, Mo. Thanks for being on with us. Thank you, Bethany. Great to be here. Excellent. So uh, tell me more about you, about your personal and professional background before becoming a part of the cannabis industry. Sure. It's actually a very interesting story. I actually started off as a pharmacist, worked for Walgreens, worked my way up through their ranks. Um, After that, went off and worked in some community and some long-term care pharmacies. Um, From there, I moved on and actually opened my own pharmacy. And that's kind of uh, the beginning of where I kind of got involved with with biotech or Biotrack THC. Okay. Um, As owning my own pharmacy, I... uh, was constantly verifying prescriptions and things like that with other doctors' offices, and I, uh, I forged a bond with uh, one of our founders here at, at Biotrack, and we started a real-time prescription monitoring system to kind of help alleviate the constant back and forth of the phone calls. Uh-huh. Uh, that first product was actually called Bioscript RX. And uh, long story short, we uh, we lobbied the state of Florida, we lobbied the state of Colorado to try to uh, pass a, a pharmaceutical program that would eliminate the doctor shopping and help kind of uh, put a dent in the in the pill mill epidemic that we really had going on here in Florida. Um, long story short, that didn't pan out, but in the process, we actually ended up uh, kind of showing off our program to different states, to different lawmakers, and, you know, as we're kind of touring the country, 
we ended up in California in front of some decision makers and they asked us if we could track cannabis. So we said, sure, no problem. And uh, we packed our bags and we moved to Denver. We moved in with about two dozen different grows and dispensaries and started learning everything there is to know about compliance, regulations, tracking cannabis, what's important, um, what do regulators look for. And that's kind of where Biotrack was really born. Um, we kind of uh, jumped into into learning everything there is to know about the cannabis space. And from there, the Biotrack THC program kind of emerged after, you know, spending two years or so in Colorado. And uh, that's really kind of how I got involved with Biotrack. So what year was it that Biotrack THC formed? Originally, our parent corporation formed back in 2010. We didn't actually launch the the Biotrack product till, um, you know, probably a year or so after that. It was still kind of a, a beta product. And in 2013 is when we officially relaunched the the Biotrack THC product itself. Um, and from there, uh, we won the first contract in Washington for the recreational sales. Um, then we moved on to New Mexico and Illinois and New York and Hawaii and Delaware. And, you know, things just started to really skyrocket for us after 2013. Sure, sure. And then, of course, that was when we finally passed laws to allow adults uh, to to consume cannabis. So 2014, I bet, was huge for for all of us, really. But 2014 really took us to a new level. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. You know, it really brought us to the forefront. Um, it made the cannabis industry kind of stand up on its own. And people took notice that, you know, this is an active industry. There's a lot of money transacting and there's a lot of potential on the horizon for where this can go. Yeah. So did you personally have any kind of relationship with the plant prior to uh, Biotrack THC coming online? Um, or or were you unfamiliar with cannabis? Um, actually, I was very familiar with cannabis. Um, one of my specialties as a pharmacist was in, in, in nutraceuticals and toxicology and things like that. And And even more so, I actually had my own collectives and and grows out in California some years back. Oh. You know, and it it really is a, it's a very kind of interesting kind of experience. You know, a lot of people look at the plant as, uh, you know, they're either for it or against it, depending on which side of the line you stand on. Um, You're either really in love with, with the plant and the industry and kind of what's going on, or you're kind of on the fence and are really unsure as to what all this means. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so tell me about your role now at Biotrack and, and what you're actively up to right now and, and what the company's up to. Sure. So, you know, honestly, a lot of my day to day, I'm very customer centric. Uh, I like speaking with the active licensees out there, understanding kind of what's going on and, and how we can help them and how we can constantly evolve our product to meet the the ongoing demands and challenges of the the industry and, and the state-specific kind of um, niches that are out there. Um, one thing that we are heavily focused on um, this year right now is California. Obviously, the California market is, is the largest. Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the king of, of, of cannabis out there for us. And you know, we're going to see a lot of cool things, a lot of innovation. You know, that's one thing that I really enjoy about the cannabis industry is the the innovation, the determination. There's this drive out there to constantly evolve what everybody's doing. Everybody's kind of in overdrive and constantly working on how do I move to the next level? How do I 
drive my company forward? How do I set myself apart? And that's so, it's exciting, it's energizing, it's electric, you know, it's something that people want to be a part of and, and really kind of become part of that fiber that is helping to bind the industry and propel it to the next level. I totally agree. The technology and innovations coming out of our industry is mind-blowing. We, you know, I'm, I'm super impressed with, with the quality and creativity that uh, our industry is, is totally showing the rest of the world something new. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, how big is your company, Biotrack? How many people are on your team at this stage? Uh, we have about 70 employees right now. We are wow. spread out over a couple different offices, office in Hawaii, Washington, Colorado, Florida, and Puerto Rico right now. Wow. Wow. That's a huge reach. Congratulations. And I bet uh, taking a trip to Hawaii isn't so bad <laughs> in a while either. <laughs> no, we usually get a lot of volunteers for that one. Mm, yep, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so we have just a couple more minutes here before we're going to take a commercial break. Um, but what are you what are you most looking forward to um, as far as where your company is going to go from here? I mean, it's 2018 already, and we're predicting a slew of states that are going to pass even more medical and adult use laws. Uh, what what are you most looking forward to about that potential rapid expansion? Honestly, what I really enjoy is working with the licensees, especially in brand new states, um, working with them to kind of gear up their business, get ready. They go live. They start, you know, transacting and doing business and they start growing. And it's, you know, it's a very unique relationship that kind of forms between us and them because we're we're helping them from their infancy as they're continuing to grow um, you know, really what I'm excited for is to see more of the East Coast states start adapting some of these laws. Um, historically, they've been much slower. There's a lot more stigmatism. Um, you know, the the social kind of acumen is, is a little different on the East Coast. Um, oh, yeah. You know, we're really excited to kind of see Massachusetts really come out and say, hey, we're going to go wreck. Um, we feel that that's going to be a major kind of pivoting point for the surrounding states, you know, on the East Coast to you know, set a precedent like, hey, this is acceptable. It's okay. And, you know, I think it's going to be very, very interesting to see how the East um, meets the West in terms of business processes, innovation, new products, the branding, you know, it's it's all so dynamic. It's always constantly changing. And, you know, it's, it's a bit of a rat race. We're constantly all going head to head. And, you know, there is this unique understanding in this industry. Yes, we all may be competing in one way or another, but there is this unique bond that kind of brings people together to help each other and, and work toward a common goal to propel the industry for everybody. Certainly. Yeah. And I'm from the East Coast myself, and I can definitely attest that there are different cultures uh, and different attitudes on the East Coast and even between all those tiny little states um, as compared to the West Coast. Absolutely. So the customers are going to look a little bit different. And that's kind of cool and exciting to me uh, that we get that opportunity to explore all the different cultures as, as, as this keeps going forward. So we're going to take a commercial break here in just a minute. Um, and then we'll come back and talk more with Mo about what's going on on the, the bigger plane out there globalization, 
descheduling, rescheduling. There's a lot to talk about. So stay tuned and we'll be right back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and a Approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, we are back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, and we're talking with Dr. Mo from Biotrack THC. Do, do people call you Dr. Mo, or did I just make that up? Um, you know, it's 50-50. Some people call me Doc, Dr. Mo. Some people just call me Mo. You know, I'm comfortable with either one of them. Okay, good. <laughs> so, so let's take a little bit of a of a global view. Um, as as we were just talking about, cannabis is taking hold in the United States, state by state, uh, but also in other countries. So, what are your thoughts as we look to possible globalization of cannabis laws? Wow. So, the globalization of cannabis. You know, there's. We are out there kind of working with a number of, of different countries and kind of talking to them and understanding, you know, where they'd like to see their markets go. Mm-hmm. Really what I see um, that's going to happen kind of as we move into the future here in the next decade or so, the the formulation of products is really going to come down to probably 70% based around some kind of extracted oil or some kind of extraction. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that being said, now the cost of doing business is going to play the probably the most important role who can produce the best quality oil at the cheapest price Um, and what we're already starting to see between uh, north america and europe is the import and export of oil and flour and material going back and forth 
Um, ultimately, I feel that the globalization is going to create a number of different countries that are going to be very efficient at producing oil at a cost-effective price. That oil will then end up being shipped around the world or to specific um, producers that will then utilize that to manufacture finished goods and products. Um, again, the cost of doing business is probably really what's going to drive that market as we move into the future. Um, as you know, as we add more regulations and more tracking and, and more compliance, there's the cost of doing business and the amount of, of manpower needed to kind of sustain some of these models becomes higher and higher. Mm -hmm. So the the ability to produce oil, you know, at a fraction of what would it would cost us here in the U.S. is really what's going to drive a lot of the the globalization and and ultimately the production of products. Um, Interesting. You know, one thing that, that Canada is doing really, really well is the import and export. And they've been at it for for the longest, you know, in, in terms of the history for the cannabis industry. And, you know, I think it's very cool. It's setting a precedent. The countries are becoming more and more okay with this type of transaction. Um, and it's really kind of opening up the playing field. Um, you know, countries like Africa are looking at doing a massive type of tracking um intrastate and interstate type of commerce. Um, we're looking at other countries who are poised to simply produce the flour, harvest it and extract it at the, the cheapest price possible to then be able to export. Um, you know, with all that being said, you're still going to have a lot of the niche and the craft style uh, manufacturers uh, right. stateside here in the U.S., um, and, you know, it's, it's going to be kind of interesting. Uh, I think it's a lot of it's going to come down to people being in the right place at the right time, having the necessary infrastructure, having the knowledge and the wherewithal to be able to execute and being one of the first people to market. Interesting. So one one thing I picked up when you were when you were describing that is sort of a move away from the old fashioned way of smoking flour and, and there being a, a heavy focus on the extracted oil products. Is that right? Yes. So, you know, yeah. from a, a convenience perspective, the vape cartridges and the things that can be kind of easily consumed um, without attracting attention rank really high up there. Um, the edible products obviously is a much more uh, generally accepted kind of way to consume something. It makes it more palatable for people who may be on the fence or for states who are not really sure if they want smoking to be allowed you know, the extracts and the concentrates are probably where 70 plus percent of the dollars are going to be spent. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, I think um, those that were involved in the movement to legalize cannabis over the last 10, 15 years or so, including myself, didn't really predict how big the extractions and edibles sector would be. And it just kind of came along naturally with legalization, and it's kind of fascinating uh, to see to see how this naturally evolves now that we have the 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 option to to work with cannabis in this way. It's pretty fascinating to me. So, all right, it's 2018. Let's let's predict um, or let's make a wish. Let's say in 2020, in two years. The whole world legalizes cannabis. It's no longer this this weird product that has these awful stigmas, and all of a sudden it's seen for the medicine 
and and adult product that it is, like what would happen? Would it break the world? No, I think <laughs> <laughs> honestly, um, if legalization was to happen, like we said, January first, twenty twenty. Um, the organizations in position with money and with infrastructure ready to capitalize on that moment in time will be the front runners and, and probably become the household names that we'll see in the next kind of 20, 30 years. Um, if legalization was to happen on a global scale, you know, we're going to go back to the cost of doing business. Whoever can produce the cheapest oils, the fastest, most efficient and cost effective and be able to export that are really going to dominate. Um, if it was to be fully legalized, you know, we have the threat of big pharma and these larger Fortune 500 companies kind of stepping in to to take over. Um, and as much as possible, I'd like to see kind of some barriers left in place to kind of limit their ability to kind of come in. You know, as, as much as we'd like to say we're, we're really these big power players, we're still very small in comparison to the rest of the other industries out there. And you know, honestly, this is this is our chance. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity for a lot of us to really kind of make a name for ourselves and and propel us, our families, our organizations to the next level. Yeah, yeah. Well, that brings me to my next point for sure. I mean, here in the U.S., uh, we're still Schedule One on the Controlled Substances Act, and NCIA, National Cannabis Industry Association, uh, is is doing federal lobbying on behalf of the industry. And you're absolutely right. Other industries put tons and tons of cash into their lobbying efforts. And we are a smaller industry as compared when you look, I mean, government activities cost money and we we're pushing as much as we can in. But when you look at other industries, holy moly, there's a lot more zeros in their lobbying budgets for sure. Um, so talking about, uh, rescheduling and descheduling, you know, obviously we're still dealing with these state legal programs and the discrepancies between those, but, uh, what's your view on heading toward either rescheduling or descheduling? You know, as a pharmacist, that's kind of interesting. Um, one thing I don't know that too many people really know, but as a pharmacy or specifically a compounding pharmacy, you have the ability to order certain schedule one drugs. And if we talk about reclassification, um, you know, if it goes from a Schedule 1 or Schedule 2 to maybe a Schedule 3 or 4, we've just opened up the doors for Big Farmer to kind of come in. Um, uh-huh. If yeah. we, you know, th- the, talking about barriers to entry, we've, we've essentially removed a lot of the barriers. And like you said, they have big lobbying budgets. They're a massive, you know, industrial complex, the pharmacy world they will easily be able to kind of step in and, and kind of oust a lot of us out of position. Um, you know, the, the reclassification, I don't really think is the right move for us. If we reclassify, now pharmacies have the ability to have these cannabis-based products or even compound and start producing them themselves. Well, now we're competing against pharmacy chains. It's not really the model we want to be up against. I mean, those guys have the infrastructure, they have the money, they have the connections, they have the political capital to spend to turn things in their favor very easily. Um, you know, if we yep. talk about declassifying altogether, well then, you know, we're talking about a natraceutical product. Again, now you've even removed more barriers and now you're fighting against the nutraceutical world and the pharmaceutical world and anybody else because it's not a controlled substance. Anybody can now, you know, go to work and start producing products 
and uh, you know, I don't think it's the the best approach for us. Totally, totally. Thank you for that insight. Uh, we're going to take another commercial break, and then we'll come right back and talk more with Dr. Mo from Biotrack THC. So please stay tuned. Don't go away. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest-growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC, symbol MCIG. Cannabis concentrates have been around for hundreds of centuries. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, we are back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on CannabisRadio.com. And we're talking with Dr. Mo Afina from Biotrack THC. Uh, You're members of NCIA. You originally joined in 2013, uh, just before those adult use sales kicked off in Colorado and Washington. And NCIA's three pillars, as you know, are advocacy, education, and community. So what is most important to you about being a member of the National Trade Association that represents this industry at the national level and in the halls of Congress? Honestly, those three pillars really resonate with us. The advocacy is because we must be united to be able to further our collective agenda. And NCIA gives us that that platform and that voice to be able to do that. The education, you know, whether we're talking about educating each other within the industry or educating people who are new or who just want to know more about it, you know, that's really a critical component. The and, and pretty sure everybody in the industry can attest to this in one way or another, but you know, we're constantly educating everybody we come in contact with, even if it's family members or friends or people we're looking to do business with. Um, a lot of times they hear the word cannabis in your business and they're blinded by anything else that comes after that. So there's a there's a big educational component in having an organization who's out there 
promoting that educational agenda and educating the masses and speaking to the lawmakers is really, really crucial. And, you know, you can clearly see it, um, you know, without the NCIA and, and their lobbying efforts, we would not be as far as we are right now. Um, you know, the other aspect is the community. Um, you know, again, that resonates very strongly with us here at Biotrack because we are a community. We are still very fledgling and only together, you know, in our combined strength, can we move the needle? Can we move to get a state to make an amendment to a regulation or to change an administrative code or to honestly shape the future state regulations that are coming down the pipeline? So, you know, the NCIA has been very pivotal in the entire movement, you know, since I've been in the industry. Um, everybody's aware of who the NCIA is. And, you know, that speaks to that organization's ability to go out there and market and promote themselves and, and educate the masses, which is one of the key pillars of the NCIA. Absolutely. Are you planning on joining us for our eighth annual lobby days in Washington, D.C. this year? We are. It's um, pretty amazing. Uh, it's It gets bigger and bigger every year. It's so exciting. It's very cool also to be able to, to stand in front of the Capitol building and everybody's recognizing the value of the cannabis industry. And like you said, it's getting bigger and bigger. You know, it's just more and more exciting and we're bringing more and more people into the fold. Oh, yeah. Knocking on all those doors in the House and Senate. <laughs> um, speaking of events, um, we're wrapping up our, our conversation here in just a couple minutes. But uh, the Seed to Sale show is right around the corner, uh, February 7th and 8th here in Denver, Colorado. And your company definitely is present at our conferences. Um, so I'm looking forward to Seed to Sale show. I get to see all of our members and new members coming on board. It's it's a great like gathering of, I don't know, a couple thousand of, of the best and brightest in the industry. Um, so you're going to be exhibiting there, is that correct? That is correct, yes. Wonderful. What do you like about our conferences? I mean, there's a hundred other cannabis conferences and meetups out there as well, but uh, what makes ours a little bit different? Honestly, um, you know, we've we hit so many different shows local and on state levels. And, you know, the biggest thing for us is going to a place that's highly organized. Things are laid out. Everybody has an agenda. Everybody knows what's going on. You know, there's a lot of structure in most of the cannabis industry. Things are kind of lackadaisical sometimes. And, you know, honestly, the NCIA puts on a very professional event and, we know what we're going to get. We know what to expect when we go there. We know the caliber of, of attendees that will be present. And that's really what's important to us. Awesome. Well, we look forward to seeing you there again this year. And for those interested in more information, the website is www.seedtosaleshow.com. And thank you again, uh, Dr. Mo Afna, for joining us today and telling us a little bit more about Biotrek THC. Uh, so we hope to see you again soon at the next NCIA event. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you very much, Bethany. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. Until next time.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.